The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of Be More, Achieve More, and today we're going to talk about family businesses and how to run them successfully with my guest, uh, Peter Roper. Um, Firstly, I'd like to say a big thank you to my guest uh, a couple of weeks ago, Joseph O'Hara from Stretto, who spoke to me about customer experience. And I think it's so important to always keep considering how you can improve the experience for your customers of your services. Um, So, you know, that really um, got me thinking um, after that show. I think customer experience is something that's really, really important. So on this week... um, I think I will probably, is a week I think I will probably never ever forget. It started with some family business, and that family business was moving my mother-in-law into a retirement bungalow. And for anybody there who's uh, moved members of their, elderly members of their family into a, a, and downsized them into a new home, you might appreciate what I've got to say. When the removal van uh, left, there were boxes rammed to the ceiling and little space for human beings. And the removal people said they'd never seen anything like it. And we were also having to manage a four-year-old who had flu. Um, I then had a major client with an unexpected PR crisis um, occurring around a project I was involved in. And then I myself got floored by flu. So I'm not quite with it today. And I apologize as I get my energy back. But hey, that's life. You know, we have weeks like that when things go well and weeks like that when things don't go quite so well. Um, And it's so easy not to fully appreciate, I think, the gift of good health until you lose your energy. So if you've got plenty of energy today, put it to great use. So over to some more family business. Recently, Stephen Gould, the managing director of Everard's Brewery, gave us his perspective of leading a sizable family-owned business on behalf of its family owners. And I wanted to follow that subject up with a different perspective from someone running their own successful small family business. I could think of no one better to do that than Peter Roper. Peter is a highly successful business development consultant. He specializes in family businesses, and he's often referred to as the family businessman. He's a best-selling author and multi-award winning speaker. Peter's been sharing his messages for 18 years and has spoken to over half a million people across several countries. Peter knows the highs and lows of winning business and losing everything and specializes in practical business development. Peter has been on the show before if you look back through the archive. And today's show is for anyone wishing to grow or set up a successful family business. So a big welcome to uh, my friend, Peter Roper. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me back on the show. It's been great to come back on it. It's a pleasure to hear from you, Peter. And Peter, do you want to start by explaining to people you know, what your background is in family businesses? Uh, well, it goes back a long way, I suppose, Chris. Uh, the truth was I had a corporate career till 96, and, and for a very 
large part of that corporate career, I was dealing with family businesses on a day-to-day basis. And if you like, I was the typical employed person that got to understand working with family businesses of all sizes, shapes, and descriptions. And uh, I got a lot of experience on it. And I thought I understood family business. Now, the reality is, is that in 96, I set off under my own steam and left a a successful corporate career and started my own consultancy. So it was my own family business. You know, my wife was doing the accounts and all that sort of stuff uh, and bits and bobs and we kind of grew. And uh, that was 18 years ago. And since that time, I've had six family businesses. Three have been stunning successes and three have been fantastic failures, as you know. I've certainly had one that meant that I lost everything and the big house became a small house and the fancy cars became a 10-year-old car and all that sort of stuff. Uh, And uh, seven years ago, when that happened, uh, I really concentrated and really got to understand what family businesses were really all about. And although I've been working with them on a, you know, a consulting basis, it took me until I, the fact that I lost everything till, for me to understand what really family business was about. And the last seven years particularly, I've specialized in working with family businesses in all sorts of sizes, shapes, and descriptions, as you know. And to me, there is no difference, uh, no no. Uh, Uh, doubt about things there is a difference between family business and non-family business and you need to understand those differences if you are going to serve them well so so the natural next question then peter from listening to that is what is that difference well i guess the difference is is that and obviously you notice this if you've been employed as a family business certainly i was employed in a family business in my uh, early 20s and i learned lots from it um is that family businesses think and act differently. They think more strategically. They think truly strategically. They look at things generally, and, I'm, and this is obviously a generalization. There's no exceptions to all the rules, of course. But they, they look for the longer term. They don't like doing things on a short-term basis. They would rather get something right, and if it takes longer to achieve that, if it takes more investment or putting more money back into the business to get to where they want to get to, then they will do that. They're not ruled by you know, shareholders or the city making decisions based on bonus calculations and, and figures that are going to be coming out in a month's time. They're looking at how to create things for a long-term basis, and in many occasions, they're thinking not just for themselves as individuals, as a, I don't know, a stereotype of a mom and dad business where eventually the children get involved or the cousins and uncles and aunties and moms and dads, etc. They're thinking in a multi-generational business. You know, I was working with somebody recently, it's a fifth generation business, uh, and I learned from somebody who's actually fourth generation, who's currently the MD, but has her son. Uh, a nephew working in the business and she came out with a fantastic phrase that has really sat with me which is she said I'm just the custodian of this business Peter for as long as I'm here and that really hit me and I think uh, high quality family businesses that's a very different mindset yeah, I think what you are talking there is, is about high-quality family business aren't you and a fifth generation there's quite a responsibility there isn't there to manage those, you know, the, the crown jewels and take care of it so that it is in a shape that the next generation can take on. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Now, 
Uh, are all family businesses like that? No, gen- uh, generally not. Most we, we all know certain stats, you know, all the he- hearsay stats that, you know, somebody starts a business, the second generation takes it over, and the third generation wastes it away. That, that's the, nat- the natural consensus of family business. Um, I don't actually buy into that, but I do understand that process. Uh, and um, there's no doubt most people build a family business because they want to put food on the table. That's what it boils down to. When we get right you know, down to the nuts and bolts, somebody starts in, and if it's a stereotype, I know it's a husband and wife, uh, and they started to put food on the table, perhaps for you know, young kids, etc., and they build a business. And five seconds later, it seems, but actually 20-odd years later, all of a sudden, it's a family business, and those kids that were very small are suddenly in the business. Uh, and I was with another business only last week, which is uh, a golf club and uh, they've got um, second generation strongly into that business now and they're all looking at it and saying how, you know, how the heck did this happen where did 20 years go but that's how family businesses are yeah I've got, I've got a family uh, one of my clients is a family business I was with last week and they were talking about the second profit principle and for them the second profit principle is they'll, they'll put money into things because it m- might that, that are right um, but profit isn't necessarily the almost the prime motivator. It's about building something for generations in the future. And they might put they might put an investment into something because it's the right thing to do, as opposed to be the the thing that will generate the most profit for the company. Does that make yeah, I th- yeah, I think that's a fantastic thing to say, and I think that's true an awful lot of family businesses. And I think it's you know I, I you know I deal predominantly with businesses in the UK, but I've certainly dealt with businesses in other countries, and certainly in the US. Uh, and that holds true just the same. You may have um, geography differences, but but fundamentally, yeah, it's, it's about doing the right thing. And I think. Uh, in recent years, with you know, we've had the the, the challenge of financial challenge in recent years. Uh, and what I'm finding is an awful lot of people are attracted to family businesses now because of the fact of the value sets, which is let's do things right, let's do things for the long term, let's do for the long haul, and let's let's operate a family in a family, you know, in a family. At, um, attitude, if you like, and people like that. They don't like being a number in a major corporation. They don't like the fact that they're, you know, that they're not in control, if you like. So, you know, I sense that there's, there's a major shift in the last couple of years. And, I, you know, I believe family businesses are coming to the fore more and more and more. I think that's absolutely absolutely true. And it, I, something I was pondering on only sort of a week or two ago was, was uh, you know, a family business client and how they do, they do things very kind of systematically at the right sort of pace. They never seem to be getting stressed about having to have things done immediately, but they're just thinking about the right sequence of things as opposed to another corporate client that I work with who seem to be almost continuously flat out and everybody stretched to the max. Uh, Quite a difference in, in feel between those two environments. I, th- I think you're right. I, I, th- I know many family businesses that are, uh, are probably are very stressed out, are running very fast. Uh, but I think the difference is that they're not, they're not being pushed uh, by uh, internal meetings and, and shareholder responsibility, which yeah. really means how, how much is the shareholders going to get, you know, once a year and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I think there's an awful lot of paddling underneath the water with a family business that you never see. But then again, that's back to a value set, which is, you know, 
if it needs doing, what you'll see is an awful lot of family businesses. That, you know, none of them work 24-7. So, you know, eight hours a day, they all work 24-7, 365. So what are the statistics then in the, in the UK and maybe, you know, someone like the America when it comes to family businesses? I mean, how many are there? Well, yeah, there, there's various stats. You know, I, I talk about the stats as measured over 2011-12, and I'm waiting to see the latest ones. What I do know is all the indicators say they have all increased. So if you look at those stats, over a trillion pounds worth of UK revenue came from family businesses, which is almost a quarter of gross domestic, uh, gross domestic product, which is 14% of the total earnings for taxation in the UK for our chancellor came from family business. And it meant 48% of business in the UK are family businesses. In fact, it's more than that now. I know it's two-thirds. It's staggering, really. Uh, and uh, people look at me and say, but Peter, if you're dealing with family businesses, surely all of them are very small and aren't very many. And I roll these stats out, and they look at me gobsmacked, frankly. Um, and, of course, some of the largest businesses in the UK and in the world are family businesses, you know. If you look at the U.S., uh, which I think you know is, is an also a very interesting trend, family businesses generate 57% of the nation's GDP, employing 63% of the workforce, and creating 75% of all new jobs. That, it's a staggering figure, absolutely staggering. And again, I know those are all increasing. And so uh, no matter which way you look at it, it's family businesses that are creating the wealth in, in the country, our countries and worldwide. I haven't got the stats for places like India and China, but you know, an awful lot of family businesses in those areas. Mm. And just, uh, just a question aside, I mean, do you, for people who are kind of looking to work with companies in terms of different styles, do you think... Uh, do you think a family business is a nicer place to 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 work as a consultant, for example, or does it just vary? Well, it, it, it varies, as as with all. You know, I'm, people ask me that often. You know, certainly I talk to other consultants. They look at me and say, "Are you mad? Why do you deal with family businesses?" You know, they they believe. You know, that sort of consultant believes that uh, the whole family area gets in the way. And I, you know, I I firmly believe it's the other way around. To me, there's two types of family business, keeping it very simple. There are those that are dysfunctional in some form <laughs> or another. And I have to be frank, I don't work with them. Um, you, know, they, you know, they have some challenges, let's put it that way, of a very serious nature. And what I've found is that invariably the, the business is going to suffer and it won't work. I can remember at the age of 21 working with a family business for about 18 months. And it was a horrible time. And it was because it was a horrible business. And it, frankly, then it was run by a tyrannical father who brought his two sons into the business, into two divisions. He put those two, uh, two uh, sons head-to-head -head against each other uh, to see who could win, who would eventually take over from the father. And it was a horrible, horrible atmosphere. Uh, the divorce rate in that, uh, that, those companies was way over the, the average. Um, and... Some people say, oh, that's typical of a family business. Well, my experience is that that's not the case. My experience is that, that you know, I was unlucky, if you like, but boy, did I learn a lot. Uh, and um, my experience is that most family businesses are, are good businesses. Most, most families are good people with good value sets, care, care significantly about their family, uh, and care very much about their client base. Uh, and therefore, you know, working with them in many ways is, you know, a joy, an absolute joy. Yeah, I, I suppose 
what you probably look for is, a, as you say, is a family that is very functional. And if you've got a family that is very functional, I guess the business will be very functional. So the um, the health of that family and the relationships will, would would uh, replicate across the organisation. That makes any kind of sense. Yeah, no, it's no, exactly that. I mean, that, that that's exactly what happens. I, you know, I get involved because in some area or another, they have some challenges and they've recognized that, you know, either as a family or as a business, they need some help. Uh, and, you know, and, and they, they recognize my experience perhaps can help them, you know. And, uh, uh, yeah, family businesses look at things differently. They're not, of course, they're cost-conscious, very cost-conscious, uh, but, but they're looking for a bigger picture. They're looking for a longer-term quality result. And, and, of course, obviously, working with people like that is a pleasure. Mm. And do, do you think uh, consultants uh, used by families business should have specific family business experience? Do you think it's, uh, there's some skills that you need to pick up to be able to advise? Uh, well, I'm very biased about this. The answer is, is yes. Uh, I think that the very least a consultant must have done is to at least have worked in family businesses and at least been employed in them as a very least, uh, but preferably have run their own businesses because you come across so much stuff that there is no way on earth you would know unless you'd faced that. And undoubtedly, if you've run your own family business, the the the... The, there's a whole additional dimension inside a family business which you just won't understand unless you've been a part of it. It's just one of those things. Um, you know, there are plenty of people around that, 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 you know, that fit that bill, and I just believe that that's important. I couldn't agree more. I had seven years working for Mars, the confectionery company, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's very different to, to say the rank Xerox I'd worked at before. Yeah. Um, very different, you know, sort of style, um, and it does take some kind of understanding, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so what, what are the, before we go into commercial break, do you want to share with us the, the five areas that you said are kind of important for family business? Just very, very briefly, then we'll talk well, about that. Okay, well, I, I think there's five keys, Chris, very, very simply. They are reasons, reputation, results, people, and presentation. To me, they're the five keys somewhere along the line, somewhere uh, if I'm going to help somebody, it will be one of those areas. Wonderful. Well, we'll be back uh, in just a couple of minutes and uh, we'll start to we'll focus in on reasons, I think, and then we'll start to run through the other areas too. So back again with you in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment, and that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune into Real Recognition Radio. 
Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, it's Chris Cooper. I'm with Peter Roper, the family businessman, and we're talking about family businesses and how to run them successfully. And Peter identified five areas that he thinks are important for family business. Uh, the first one is reasons, then reputation, results, people, and presentation. And I think it would be, I know reasons is the kind of the big one. So, Peter, let's concentrate in on just reasons for the time being, and then we can maybe review the, um, the remainder in the next segment. I mean, what do you mean by reasons? Yeah, you're right, Chris. Reasons is a big one. It's the one I spend a lot of time and effort on. Perhaps uh, a, a hypothetical story is probably the easiest way of doing it. Many people start a family business. Uh, let's do a typical husband-wife routine. Uh, um, husband started a family business to put food on the table, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, wife stereotype uh, supports in some form or another into that business. Their reasons were to put food on the table. They have young kids appearing. They want to feed the kids and themselves. That's reasons. It's a very strong reason to get off your backside and do what you need to do. And then over the period of years, uh, you know, the business grows and that those reasons remain the same. But, you know, it's amazing how sort of 20 years go by. Uh, maybe a second generation gets into that, uh, into that business. And then all of a sudden, you need to look at reasons again because all of a sudden those reasons could be different. All of a sudden the reasons of dad, having gotten that much older, is starting to think, actually, I'd like a bit of my life back. Actually, I'd like to be doing a few things that I promised my wife that I would always do once we got to the right position. Can you see his, his, his reasons could be changing? Her reasons of supporting her husband and children could be completely changing. Her reasons could now be, well, actually, I'd like some time for myself. You know, I spent 20 years supporting the kids. I wonder, I have reasons to do other things now. And of course, the biggie of, the, of those is that whatever those reasons are of the, of the husband and wife, in other words, the mum and the dad, doesn't mean that the reasons of the son or daughters that are coming into the business are at all the same. Does that make sense to you? No, that does make a lot of sense. So, you know, what examples have you had maybe even of where there have been different motivations and reasons? Okay, well, I mean, um, quick story. I mean, I've got lots of them, but one fairly recently was uh, a husband and wife. Uh, second generation business. You know, I had four sons all in the business. Lovely family, lovely values, great, uh, great uh, clients, 
lovely relationships with everybody. It's a pleasure to have been involved with them. But they, they had a challenge, and having met them for a little bit, it was obvious what the challenge was. And I asked, I got them all around a table, uh, so that's mom, dad, and the four sons, and I, I just asked them one simple question, which was on a scale of one low to ten high, how happy are you in the role, the job role you have in this family business? And we started with mom and dad and, and then went through the sons and they were all saying seven, eight, nine, etc. They got to the last son who was the youngest, um, uh, funnily enough, and he said two. And they all looked and said, well, what, what's the matter? I mean, I, you know, you're fantastic in the job. Everybody loves you. You've been doing it for three years. You're brilliant at it. It's wonderful. And he said, you're not listening to what Peter said. Peter asked how happy I was, and the answer is, is two. I don't like doing this job at all. And the dad said, but why are you doing it? And the son said, do you have to ask me? And it went ever so quiet. The reason he was doing it, it was the son's reason for doing it was to support his mom, his dad, his family. He was doing a job role he couldn't stand. So once we got that out on the, on the table and we got the honesty there, which at times in family businesses can be a challenge because people in family businesses uh, allow for situations and sometimes don't front up, don't fess up to things. And so they all said, well, hang on. What's more important is your happiness. What would you like to do? And he said, I want to be in the family business. I love the family business. It's not the role that I want. This is the role I'd like to do. And we all talked about it. And they said, well, you'd be brilliant in that role. And he said, I know I would. <laughs> <laughs> and so within weeks, he'd taken on a new role, immediately successful, a fantastic result for the family. And he'd already lined up somebody to replace him. And guess what? The person who'd replaced him was much better than him at it anyway, and frankly was enjoying it far more because his personality was different, it suited him better. So that was a lovely story, uh, and uh, uh, for me, those reasons were wonderful, and, and that was a, a, a plus story. A quick negative story from a friend of mine in the US, a guy called Jim Quiser, who does things very similar to me, and uh, Jim's a great guy, he and, he and his wife, family business for many years, posted a blog about a family where, unfortunately, a father and son had worked together for 10 years. Their reasons when they started were clear. It came to a point where they sold, they wanted to sell the business, and, and event, uh, unfortunately, they let the financial men get involved who weren't family business orientated, uh, and it did generated, unfortunately, to where father and son stopped talking to each other. Their reasons became very clouded. Actually, the reason for the father was, well, I just want to pass the business on and I want a relationship with my son. Unfortunately, uh, things went wrong with it. Uh, and uh, the son went off and started his own business. His reasons had become very blurred and forgotten about what the family was really all about and really listened to the money men. And, you know, it's a sad ending. So reasons are very, very powerful and they need to be looked at very very regularly and you know i would say you know you, they could change in a heartbeat absolute heartbeat i think that's that's so important isn't it because a business family business can bring a family together or it can pull it apart yeah when you're in a sort of high highly sometimes a high stress situation together um it's uh, it must be quite challenging at times uh, to uh you know, to keep because uh, you've, you've got you've got a lot at stake, haven't you? In a, in a normal business relationship, if things go a bit dysfunctional, then it doesn't doesn't necessarily have to affect what's at home. But in a family business, it's affecting what's at home too, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, and that's the point, and that, that, that's where the, the level in business, when I hear people say it's just business, I, I don't buy that phrase at all, and I, ne- I, yeah, I definitely don't buy it when it becomes a family business, because whatever decisions are made, it affects a family. Now, people start a family business for family reasons. You know, we go back to the principle to put food on the table. So therefore, it's at a very basic level. And those family relationships, to me, are far more important than any business. Now, and finance men won't look at it that way. They'll look at it and say, no, 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 it's all about the numbers. No, it's not. Not in a family business. For me, personally, family comes first uh, and certainly the clients I work with all feel the same way I'm not saying it should be to the detriment of the business but what I am saying is is it should not be to the detriment of the family mm. how do you how do you should how, how would you recommend to say to say the parents of the family um, you know, sometimes it might be necessary to put the kind of parental relationship aside and behave differently is is that an area that you ever get into with your clients? Yes, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, in fact, um, recently I've gone involved with something very similar to that, and uh, without trading com- uh, confidences, you know, I, you know I've, I've sat with, uh, you know, with a dad. Uh, and and his brother because they put a business together, you know, and they they're now working uh, with their sons. And, and the, there's a decision to be made, which is, uh, you know, the, the two brothers, the two you know, two heads of the family are getting to a reasonably senior age. I've got to say, reasonably the same age as me, fifty seven, fifty eight. But um, uh, you know, they're looking at the sons saying, well, look, guys, if you want to take this business on, it's 24-7-365 and you're going to have to motor for the next three or four years to take it to where it needs to go to as a business. You've got a decision to make. Is that what you want for your lives? We knew what, you know, you know we made that decision 20 years or so ago or 25 years ago. Um, it's your choice. Is that what you want? And you can get into the whole thing of generations, Chris, because as you well know, different generations are, you know, are wired differently. They think differently. So you, you can get into that whole process of how baby boomers and silent generations think very differently to Gen Xs and millenniums uh, and, and their viewpoints of how much effort that they put into a business to, to get the success or rewards they want. Mm. So, so, so how often do you think people should look at things like reasons? Uh, I, I certainly think they should look at them every sort of three months or so. I don't mean that they should be looking at with you know, me as a consultant. I think they should have a you know a, just a quiet sit down somewhere because that's how family businesses tend to work, and say you know is this still where you want to go? Are you still comfortable? And that might be a five second conversation. That's perfectly fine. But just to keep it on track, you know, are we still is that where we're still going together? Is that what we're doing? Are we happy about it? Um, because you know, I, I was talking with somebody. It seems like yesterday, you know, it's before Christmas actually. Uh, very successful family business, working really well together. Um, and um, one of those family members, senior member inside the family, lost a close personal friend suddenly. Suddenly made them realize of their mortality. It suddenly made them realize they'd spent an awful long time in the family business and there was a lot of things they still wanted to do. Their reasons changed, Chris, overnight. Nothing to do with the rest of the family, nothing to do with the business. Uh, they just had, you know, a, a call that said, you know what, you, do you want to do something different? So all of a sudden their reasons changed. And guess what? Life is going to change and is changing in that family business. Because that, when our reasons are strong enough, we go and do things, don't we? 
That's very true. I remember when we had our first first child, my reason suddenly changed. I was uh, away three nights a week, and that became not acceptable to me. Yeah, exactly that. It's exactly that. You know, I left corporate life for that very reason. That was because I was fed up and not seeing my kids. Uh, and that was the reason I hit 40 as well. I suppose that's the other truth. Uh, but I wanted to see my kids. Now, I've got, you know, I, I see my, <laughs> I mm-hmm. my kids in the family business in a different way. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, and, you know, I'm very, very blessed and grateful for it, especially when life got tough yes. several years ago. So, as you know, so... Um, uh, it, it, reasons are very powerful. It's not the same as purpose. Purpose is a different thing. Purpose is very much, uh, you know, an inner core feeling, if you like. It's a different thing. But reasons are the things that make us get out of bed in the morning when we really don't want to. Reasons are the things where we don't go on a holiday because we're going to do something else to make us have a better holiday in a few months' time. Reasons are to feed our kids or to give them a better education. Did you see what I mean? They are the things that make us actually go do something and not talk about them. Mm. And mm. they can change in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. It's uh, life can just suddenly change, and if you've got a, a few of you in the family, there's different things going on for different people at different times, isn't there? So I think you're absolutely right keep, to keep reviewing that. Yeah. Uh, so why are reasons and succession planning so interlinked? Because of the fact that invariably, so, I mean, people talk, uh, you know, talk a hell of a game about succession plan- planning, and I, I, I find that many people who talk about succession planning are, are, are the, uh, you know, the, the organisations that it's in their interest to stir a hornet's nest up on. You know, there are a lot of financial institutions that love to scaremonger about succession planning. Um, I find that most. Uh, um, succession planning issues inside family and businesses, once reasons are sorted, are quite straightforward. Um, if they're not sorted, then succession planning becomes an issue. Obviously, if you have a family business, you have a leader of it, and unfortunately, you suddenly lose one, you know, one passes away or something. Um, if you haven't got that plan in place, or the, at least the, 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 the simple thing is, well, when Fred isn't around, what's going to happen? If you haven't got that, then life can be challenging. My experience is that an awful lot of family businesses know exactly what it is. But, uh, yeah, and, and then that's fine. But they are so interlinked. Reasons of succession are totally interlinked when you think about it. Because you're a second generation uh, person. You're in a family business. It's mom and dad that's running it. Um, you've got to be clear if that succession is what you actually want. It may not be that you want it. So they're, they're totally interlinked. I think there's an awful a lot of people to blow a lot of smoke about them in that it's a terrible thing for family businesses. I don't think it's true. I think an awful lot of family businesses look at succession very, very deeply and care a lot about it and plan for it very, very well. But there are times when curveballs come along and then you can get a challenge. And that's quite often when I'm, you know, again, when I get involved with family businesses. But they're not normally that hard to fix. You know, the, the, you know the exception to the rule, but they're not that hard to fix most times. I, I've kind of seen with family businesses uh, and sort of succession, are the two things ha- happening? I suppose it's probably three. There's either sometimes the children don't want to come into the business and want to do their own things, but 
sometimes they, they do come straight into the business. And on other occasions, which seems quite sometimes quite a sensible move, is what they do is they the intention is always that they will come into the business, but they'll put them they'll go and get a job somewhere elsewhere to build bring some extra build some extra experience, yeah. maybe in a corporate yeah, yeah. that they can then come and bring back into the business when they're ready. Yeah, I mean that happens. That happens a lot. You know, today I've been using a lot of uh, uh, examples of, uh, you know, where, you know, mom and pop businesses, you know, mom and dad businesses. But the same principles apply, as you know. You know, I work with you know large family businesses as well as you do, uh, and the same principles still apply. Uh, but you know, you've got the opportunity to get the, you know those people to go off and work in other institutions or in a larger business in in, in different parts of the business to you know. To learn, not just to learn about the, the family business itself, but to, to pick up those life skills and that business experience that you need to run a business, uh, you know, successfully. Yeah. Sometimes you find that the person who set up the business has got, has got a huge amount of experience elsewhere before they do it. And then, you know, obviously the challenge becomes with their children is kind of almost like a respect that they've, that they've built up enough experience because yes. they haven't had what you've had, if that makes sense. Total sense, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and you, I see a lot of um, second generations in businesses where, and, and again, particularly at the minute, second generations are typically in their 20s or early 30s, so you're looking at uh, early millenniums, late Gen Xers, and they particularly like to study, they particularly like to collaborate and so they love to go onto programs that, that accommodate that, but still work, you know, in the family business. So you know, they'll take qualifications where they're learning with other people. They take senior qualifications, but they're also learning still within the business as well because they recognise the fact that they need those extra extra credentials to help uh, help them, you know, to look correct in, in you know in, in front of a workforce, for instance. In other words, they've got the, the experience and expertise to take a family business forward. Because after all, it's also about those people that are employed in family businesses. They look to those family members to take the business forward. Okay, so we're going to go to another commercial break, and after the break, we'll look at um, something I know you know a lot about, which is reputation. So we'll be back again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be? Or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, bemoreachievemore.com. I'm with Peter A. Roper, and we're talking about how to run successful family businesses. And uh, Peter, before the break, you were talking about reasons, and I had the second point that you mentioned was about reputation. So how can you best manage the reputation of a family business? Well, I think the thing about reputation is that you know, everybody will say that reputation is, is hugely important in business, full stop. But to a family business, it's a whole different level. And you think about it, everything that you say or do impacts not just on the business, but on the family as well. And that works both ways. So if family business members, for instance, in these days of social media, which you know, we're, we're, you know, we're all a part of, um, you, you have to manage your process 24-7, 365. So a family business member can't just treat a family business and say, right, okay, fantastic, I, I'm out of here, now I can post some daft pictures on Facebook of me having a beer too many or what have you, uh, you know, on a Saturday night, because unfortunately it's going to be picked up. Now, of course that would be true of any business person, but a family business... What it means is that immediately impacts on not just that person, but it impacts on every single member of the family because it's a family business. And so, you know, businesses I work with, family businesses, they believe reputation is paramount. And again, it goes back to the whole idea of thinking for the long term, thinking of strategizing far more, thinking far more about the long term process. And then... My dad said a phrase to me many years ago, mainly in frustration because I used to get excited with things and want to do something immediately. Um, my dad was a far more measured person and he used to look at me and say, you know, measure twice, cut once, Peter. And that's how family businesses actually think. That's how you manage reputation. I, I know that uh, in our own family businesses, uh, where I'm inclined perhaps at times to want to just go off and do something, there are other members in my family that will be saying, hang on a minute, whoa, 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 let's just think this through a little more. Um, the, the downside to that is that at times with family businesses can, can take a little while to make decisions because they'll hold back, if you like. But... Um, Experience has usually shown them that's a better course of events. So in terms of managing the reputation, it really is, you know, think twice, cut once. Mm. I remember meeting a, a family business for for the first time a few years ago, and I looked, I, I did a little bit of research on the internet, and the thing I found was a picture of two of the brothers after an award ceremony looking absolutely steamed up with um, <laughs> and perspiring from uh, partying <laughs> after this event. And I thought, oh, crikey, this, this lot are going to be really good fun. So I, 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 mean, I created a re- quite, a, quite a fun, quirky introductory presentation, and I even put the picture in it. Well, when I got there, they were pretty much roaring. <laughs> really? So I didn't even sl- dare show some of those slides because it was uh, a very different um, atmosphere in the business to... Uh, to what I'd expected from the internet pictures. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I was dealing with somebody recently, exactly that, exactly that. And, and uh, um, look, the rep, your reputation procedure, Chris, you know from the previous interview that seven years ago I basically lost a lot and had to start again. And frankly, I thought my reputation would be in the toilet because of it. Uh, what I found out was that fortunately my reputation, in fact, 
was enhanced because I stood up and said, look, this is what I got wrong, and whatever you do, don't make these mistakes in business. So I learned an awful lot about reputation. Uh, and to me, you know, you, you have to think long and hard about it, and it, it, it amazes me uh, how many businesses just talk a good game and say, yes, you know, reputation is highly important, but they don't actually do something about it. Family businesses have a habit of, of absolutely thinking about things uh, and uh, it's about ma- managing reputation is about it being in a mindset in every day uh, I'm not saying I'm perfect because I'm not uh, but you need a team around you that makes sure that you do the right things as much as as often as you possibly can mm. I guess the uh, I, when I think of a sort of family business I can't also help thinking of the royal family yes yeah, yeah yes yes Absolutely. It's the ultimate family business, isn't it, to us, us in the UK? Yeah, and some of, the, some of the trials and tribulations they've been through on the journey. Yeah, uh, yes. I mean, if you look at the challenges they had in the 80s and 90s, um, you know, they, they are a very cautious family business. And if you look at, uh, you know, their current reputation and their standing, I think it's probably higher than it's been for an awful long time. Um, but, you know, it's, it's magnified with them. To a huge extent, but to me, it is you know an ultimate family business in some way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good to see the uh, the next generation um, starting to stand up well. I think. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, what are the moving on to results? What are the critical things we need to know about results? Well, results are simple. I mean, in, in, in that, you know, if you went to any business consultant, most times people say, right, I want more turnover, more profits, I want this, I want that. It's all about the measurement of the results and, and doing things to make that happen. And, of course, they get asked to, to get involved with that regularly with people. So, uh, you know, that's the same with all businesses. You know, hey, we're not getting enough in, we want more, or actually there's an operational problem. You know, it's results, isn't it? What I do say with a family business is that, the results of the business and the results for the family members may be two different things. And, of course, that goes back to reasons, if you think about it. So uh, what, what I always say is, is that, you know, if you are promoting the fact that you're a family business, uh, um, the, the, the family is not just the family members. It's everybody that's working inside it. Now, I was lucky enough to visit a 150-year um, established family business uh, only a few days ago, uh, and they involved the whole workforce. There's 220 of them in there, uh, and and their results, uh, you know, are, are as an overgrown family. It's not just the immediate family; it's the family within the workforce of the business, and they want different things. So you need to measure what those differences are, so that everybody scores, you know, a happy result. Hopefully, mm. it can be a it can be an interesting experience for people who are non-family working with with a, with a family there's a, there's a feeling it can be a feeling sometimes of the, you know an importance around the family there and and you could you could feel like an outsider if you if you don't adjust your mindset I guess you're absolutely right and again the, the, the mindset of a good family business is to bring other people in that are not family members especially as the business grows 
to bring in not only expertise and ability, but to bring a, a more impartial thought process into place um, so that they can look at some business decisions and, and make some quality business decisions uh, where perhaps a family would get a bit moribund for a, a, you know, a variety of reasons. So good family businesses uh, you know, treat a business as a business Absolutely, they treat it as a business because you have to do that, especially as it grows more and more and more. But you have to recognize that there is a collection of people. So to me, when a family business is working well, that collection of people is like an overgrown family. You know, the members inside it. I know that's the case with our family businesses. It's, you know, you know as far as we're concerned, they are, you know, we're all members of, of this family business. And so therefore, outside knowledge and experience, you know, is, is hugely important in fact to my mind it's vitally important as a business grows yeah d- definitely and I'm, I was talking talking with Stephen a few weeks ago at Eberards he was explaining how there's, you know, there's only one member of the family who's chairman and there's another um, member of the family who's on the on the board mm. um, but um, outside of that it's all it's all external people who make up the make up the board and yeah. you know, that's you know quite sensible I guess yeah, I mean, it obviously it depends on the, the style of the business and the size of it, it, shaping and all that sort of stuff, about, you know. You were talking about quite a large business there. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But um, the, the principle applies. The principle applies, which is as the business grows, um, uh, getting in the right people, but they absolutely need to... The difference is they need to blend in with that family ethic, which is why I've said there are two types of family businesses, those that are dysfunctional and those that are, <laughs> I, I cut them down the middle, frankly, uh, and those that are, you know, they've got great values, etc. Now, if you join that sort of family business uh, and blend in, you will probably work with it for many, many years. There's no doubt, there's all sorts of stats that show that uh, people that join a good quality family business will work for many, many years with them. Uh, and, and you, you know, that loyalty is, is superbly uh, important to any family business. Mm. What, what have you been your, your key lessons around people and, and best managing, for example, bringing maybe another family member into a business? Well, I think, I think the danger is you bring in a family member because a family member needs some work, uh, and that's not the reason to bring them into the business. Uh, having said that, you know, that, that happens very, very regularly, and, and uh, you know, you cut a cloth accordingly. Uh, I think uh, bringing in family members, need to, you know, they need to be contributing. I mean, that, that's the key thing. Uh, sometimes you'll see in family businesses, they contribute perhaps in a slightly different way to how you would normally expect, and there's a bit, a bit of license that goes on. But they have to contribute. You know, a few weeks ago, I was with a different family business. Uh, there's a, a major issue with uh, 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 one particular family member who are just not pulling their weight. It's not that... Uh, uh, they're not capable, they're just not wanting to, you know, they're freeloading and in which case, you know, that's an issue that has to be sorted. As opposed to bringing a family member, you know, we were talking about it, Chris, off air, where you could bring somebody in um, and it's a family member, they're not doing very well, but that's because they've been put into the wrong place because their personality doesn't suit, you know, I, you know, I know you work extensively with uh, talent dynamics, I work with, you know, disprofiling, etc. We all know that sometimes uh, the job is wrong for the person. It's not the person's wrong for the job. It's the, you know, the job is wrong for the person. So you need to redistribute their ability into an area of the business where they can maximise their, you know, the, the, the result. Yeah, 
Excellent. Tell, tell us more about what you mean by presentation and why that's so important to a family business. Well, I suppose that's the, that's the fifth of the five, five really, you know, reasons, uh, reputation, results, people and presentation. Uh, I, I'm on a hobby horse with it. It's ever so simple to me. Lots of family businesses that I meet don't shout about the fact they're a family business. There's no doubt in my mind that the key differentiator and, and key plus point of a family business is that it's a family business. Therefore, it's probably not making daft short-term decisions. It is looking for the long-term. It's looking with good values and looking to create great relationships. Funny enough, family businesses tend to have suppliers who are family businesses and vice versa. So my belief is that in the way they present their business, I, I met a business a few months ago where you know, they, they, they all talked in first names only and would not admit they were a family business to their clients. Funnily enough, they had no decent relationships with their, with their customers. So you know, to me, it's really simple. If you've got a family business, shout about it. Be proud of it. Be positive about it. It is absolutely your strength against other businesses that operate that don't have the, the values and principles that good family businesses have. They're such a strength. Why would you not shout about them? In the right way, but why wouldn't you use them to good commercial effect? I think that's a fantastic point. I mean, I'm just about to, um, to finish the interview now, Peter. I just wonder if you've got any you know, more you know, messages that you think are important that you'd like to leave us with? Well, I, I guess in just a few seconds to me, Chris, it's, it's really, really simple. You know, I'm passionate about family business. We're passionate. We have family businesses. Uh, and, and to me, uh, you know, we should all sing and shout about family businesses. I think there is a, a real market trend change which people want to work with family businesses, be a part of it, and be proud of it. To me, it's really, really simple. Family businesses matter. Family businesses matter. I think you've uh, completely convinced me of that case, uh, Peter. It's been a tremendous pleasure talking with you again today, and uh, lots of uh, food for thought there, I think, for any, any family business. So thank you very much. hope you've enjoyed being with us. It's been a great time as ever. It's been a pleasure, Chris. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. And uh, it's been a real honor. Thank you very much indeed. You're very welcome. If you've got any questions or feedback, please send them to uh, info at bemoreachievemore.com. Um, if you want to find out more about, uh, about uh, Peter, he's got a website. There's some free resources on it, um, familybusinessman.com. Um, I, he also has uh, things like some uh, really, really good emails that he sends out, his Peppermint Wednesdays and his Spearmint Saturdays. Actually, Peter, before we go, we've got one minute to explain why they're called Peppermint and Spearmint. Oh, that's simple. I drink peppermint tea. I gave up tea and coffee several years ago. Peppermint Wednesday is a, a less than five-minute video blog. It's a freebie. It's a give back. Spearmint Saturday, spearmint tea, same thing. It's an easy with a load of uh, free information, uh, that, which I can just give away. So they're there. Just subscribe if you want them. Wonderful. Thanks. Thanks very much, Peter. Uh, on next week's show, um, it's actually I'm actually going to be interviewed and talk about... Um, talent, because I realized that we hadn't had a show talking about how to develop your talent in your business. Um, and I sort of dawned on me, that's my speciality. So um, I'm going to be interviewed next week by um, a, a gentleman I've been teaching to host um, their own podcast series. Um, he's a senior lecturer from Leeds Metropolitan University, and he's a part-time entrepreneur. His name is David Bassett. So David will interview me on developing talent next Friday. So look forward to speaking to you then. And in the meantime, um, have a tremendous week. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. 
Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London, on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice American Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.